right, welcome back to the Brick House Podcast, your favorite podcast describing music, the life in New York City, and just the usual shenanigans. I'm Andrew Pissarro, alongside my favorite savant, Joe Brennan. The intern's back along with us for yet another episode, Mr. Casey Blue, Mr. Tom Esposito. Gentlemen, how we doing? We are doing well, sir. How are you? I woke up feeling like a million bucks. I I started eating... Uh, pomegranates. I've never had that before, like a real pomegranate. And I'd like to think that the pomegranate, not the extra hour of sleep I got, but the pomegranate is the reason I felt so good this morning. Do you remember when the palm juice was like the hottest shit in the world and you couldn't buy it anywhere? Yeah, it's kind of nice that now you too. can. Yeah. Just took 12 years. Was I the only one who was at the bar when it flipped from 2 a.m. back to 1 a.m.? Yes. Or was, or was anybody else? I was asleep. I was also asleep. I was very much unconscious. I was very much awake. Did anybody else struggle to set their watch back? Because I did. Took me took me far longer than I would like to imagine. But, uh, you know. It's been a while since I've worn a watch. I like wearing watches. I don't know what happened. I suddenly decided one day I ordered a watch. And I suddenly decided I'm going to become a watch guy, and now I always have a watch on. All of my watches' like, batteries are dead. I had a run like that. It's it's more like for style. Yeah, but same. They're right. The time is right at least two times a day. Nice. Thanks, Dad. Nice. Thank you. Shout out, Dad. Speaking of dads, uh, next episode. Not that you shouldn't listen to all of this episode. We'll have a special guest. Maybe two special guests actually. Jeopardy, Volume Two, featuring Mr. Pissarro, coming next week. And actually, I think we're trying to set it up right. My sister may be assisting as well. She might be kind of his. Uh, what's what's her name on Wheel of Fortune? Where Vanna she like White. presses everything. Vanna. Vanna Vanna White. Yeah, my sister might be Vanna White because my dad. We're gonna have. Uh, we're gonna do it on Zoom, and we're gonna have my dad sitting across from my sister, and we're gonna pull like have a have her put up like a whiteboard with all the clues on it. Yeah, we're going all out. Like this is all we do. But there is no Vanna White no. in Jeopardy. I do want to point out that the three people that were asleep when the clocks rolled back knew Vanna White's name and the one person at the bar did not so uh, I was gonna say Dana White and then I was like that's definitely not the same person Joe Rogan it's Joe Rogan he's gonna be flipping cards for us I would pick Vanna White every day of the week over Dana White if we got Joe Rogan on this podcast I think we'd do numbers we'd do some numbers I can count to ten that's cool could you want to do it right now one seven ten Pretty good, bud. Pretty good. He's learning. All right. Uh, speaking of learning, let's learn what you guys listen to lately with Top of the queue. Silk Sonic. Anybody who knows me knows I like things that are groovy, funky, and both. This uh, collab between Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars is about to be something crazy. So November 12th, I believe the album is called A Night with Silk Sonic. Very excited for this. What's the name of the new track? To get it's funny because... Smoke out the window, smoking out the window. An evening with Silk Sonic is the name of the album. Smoking out the window is the single that just came out. Gets you in the feels. They do their thing on this. I listened to that too, and uh, let me tell you, it fucking goes. And I also went back, and I I really like the previous single, Skate. That one also pretty solid. Yo. Pretty, pretty solid. Yes. Really makes me want to invest in a pair of rollerblades. I haven't had rollerblades since I was a child. But I was walking in a mall the other day, and I noticed that right in the front display at Zoomies, they're selling a multitude of different colored skates. 
What year was this that you were in the zoo, at, in the mall? I wasn't in Zoomies. I walked by Zoomies. Bang, bang, ski, ski. What's up? It's your boy Bryson, and I'm back at Zoomies. First of all, Tom, first of all, we don't speak ill of Zoomies on this podcast as a former assistant manager of a Zoomies nigh on three and a half years I'm ago. I'm not speaking ill. I'm just Zoomies asking. Zoomies is tough. However, we did not sell any rollerblading equipment. No, um, kind of. The only thing we sold was... Wheels. We didn't have the wheels at my store, but we did have these, um, they call them sliding gloves. They're more for like longboarding. Basically, you, you have a, a glove that has like Velcro hockey puck on like the palm of your hand. And so when you get low and you're trying to like slow the board down, you basically like put that hockey puck down to like That's manually break with your hands. It sounds terrifying. I would never do that. But I've seen that before. You know what else is sexy? This new track by Reggie Snow, Arigato. Dropped November fourth. It's like if you like rap with like keyboards and space sounds in the background and like a free flowing kind of vibe. This is this is right up your alley. Um, it's just a single, but he released an album earlier in the year that I revisited as well. Boa Boa Black Sheep. Same kind of vibe. It's it's very interesting. Features MF Doom on it, Cam Abi, Tanache, Snow Allegra. Cool little vibe. Check it out. My top of the queue here has been uh, Snail Mail's newest album, Valentine, came out last Friday, November 5th. I've been digging it a little bit slower, a little bit toned down after her first album, which I loved, coming back from what we learned on the album, coming back from rehab, kind of taking some time to find herself at only 21 or whatever it is, but a really good sophomore showing and uh, excited to see what's next to come. I need to listen to that. She's from like 45 minutes north of me back home ellicott city which is kind of like a weird halfway point between dc and baltimore but i i need to listen to that top of the queue much like casey i was listening to smoking out the window also i've had can it be also simple which is like the exact middle of under the 36 chambers which was performed on the wu-tang show and it has been stuck in my head they did it when they went to the concert with Bobby bringing the sword. It was the last song that Ghost and Raekwon did together when they finally first, like, they really, like, truly put the beef behind them. I, I cannot stop listening to it. The beat is just so, it's 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 a very mellow beat for a Wu-Tang song. The lyricism is incredible, and it's been, like, stuck in my head like crazy. So I've been rocking to that, but... Like Tom mentioned, I'm very excited to go listen to this snail mail record. Also, I've been watching, uh, I watched, I already finished the new season of Big Mouth, and I started, I'm going to finish Narcos Mexico shortly, and shout out Succession if you guys are watching that, because, I don't know, we've just hit that, watch Tom shaking his head. I can't get into it, it's just like, they've been talking about a plan for three seasons, I gave up on it, just like, shit or get off the pot. Succession? <laughs> yeah. It's harder for me to get into it, because everyone's a dick. Like, there's not exactly there's no one that exactly. I'm like, I want this person to do well. Everyone's just extremely mean to each other. Although, oh, you know what else I, I, I caught myself listening to? And because of that, the, the episode most two weeks ago at this point, when he pulls the Nirvana stunt, I was listening to, what is it, Sliver, which is the one where he's talking Mama about hanging out with his grandparents. I was listening to Pick some me up a Grandpa Joe's. Such a good fucking song. I don't know. We're in we're in Nirvana weather right now for me. This is always where I end up like listening to a butt ton of grunge. So break out it's the flannels. Yeah, the flannels sure. are out. The flannels are are out. It got cold. I have a cold. Also, it's weird having a cold again because 
I didn't get one last year because we were all being super careful and wearing masks. And let me tell you, it sucks. Like it is, but it's it's also weird because like every time I like start freaking out, I was like, oh shit, do I have COVID? And then I'm like <laughs> leaning over to smell my scented candle to make sure I can still smell to ensure that I still have don't have COVID. But this sucks. I mean, it's it's a minor inconvenience. But uh, speaking of getting shots, how about the Astro World riot? that went down <laughs> i don't know if that's an appropriate that's, segue or not that is not a good <laughs> segue <laughs> i was not that's clean not <laughs> much like kanye west haircut that was uh, all the fuck over the place so um yeah that apologize. was a terrible segue um, sorry guys <laughs> all right we do need to address it and I- i'm like bummed to talk about this because Eight people yeah, died and many others. I think it up to like 300 people have been injured and there was a crowd surge when... I think it's more. I think they said it was like 10 people died, but I don't believe it. I feel like it's more. I think that might be the updated number, but it was initially eight. That's what came out the other day. While Travis was on the stage at Astro World, and uh, basically people pushed forward to the stage, crushing those in front of them and people literally suffocated to death which is i mean an awful way to go out it's happened before it happened at a who concert back in the day i think 11 people died and this happened famous more famously unfortunately to liverpool football club in 1989 uh it's up to now 97 people have died due to the incident that happened there and literally you got people like pinned in together and it all just an absolute disaster of an, an event like apparently the the sheriff tried to talk to Travis ahead of time being like I don't think we can handle this crowd it didn't look like Travis had a good control of the like we've seen artists have great stage presence I think I sent you guys a couple videos last night of like Kurt Cobain Billy Joe Armstrong like shutting down shows because people are getting in fights or people are hurt and I've been a part of shows like that where it's like hey guys like if anybody needs help just like raise your hand and we're gonna stop the show and make sure that you get help and that was kind of the worst thing that I saw about this whole thing was like Travis Scott is an incredible musician. We we like him a lot. I had a lot of fun at the Travis show that I went to, but I was talking to my buddy today, and I shout out Victor. We were talking about when we saw Travis at the Barclays Center. Now, school had already been canceled the next day, so all these kids came in and were absolutely blitzed and were too drunk, and they were, like the floor was insane. But I don't know how, you, how Travis Scott calms down his crowd. I don't think like it's his music. I'm not going to say incites riots, but he hasn't incited riots before. But I feel like that's such a cop out by by criticizing a musician for inciting a riot. Jim Morrison's done it and the doors don't have the most like burn the, the town down with porches and pitchforks type music. How do you tell the artist to tone down their music when they're supposed to be an artist? To some extent, I do consider I mean, Travis he is an, an artist. artist. Like, I don't know if it necessarily has to do with the music itself. Like you said, like the Doors music isn't like the kind of music you want to rip it, rip it, rip it, rip somebody's head off their neck. Well, but maybe back in the 60s you would. Yeah, I mean, kind. you eat a sheet of acid, you know, you want to do anything. But it's unfortunate. Nobody should ever go to a concert and not come home. Travis, I think, is maybe a little more guilty than everybody because he does this raging shit. and He does kind of like encourage that kind of behavior but i mean he he doesn't encourage people breaking into shows and like overseeding capacity <laughs> over exceeding capacity like that kind of you know what i mean like to some degree you have to be responsible as an individual 
but also like the videos of those kids like getting on stage and telling people like to stop and that there's there's people passing out and shit and they're just being ignored that's not a good look yeah, and you saw like people on top of the ambulances that were going to save these people get out the fucking way like obviously there's an ambulance for a reason victor brought up a good point with me he goes do you think that travis is going to have to change the lyrics to stargazing now on streaming services because he's got a lyric and it ain't a mosh pit if ain't no injuries i got him stage diving out the nosebleeds yeah see that's jim morrison is not writing shit about that that's uh, in his music kind of did you see that like conspiracy video where they were like showing the footage from it and it it was like an upside down cross next to the stage like coming from the stage and then there was the dove on fire i feel like there's a lot of misinformation about this too because yeah it was like a made it was like like a made up but like it was made to make people think a certain way but like people are going to believe that you know people are going to think out travis like had it out to be some kind of ritual which I don't know. I highly doubt that. I, like I, we're recording this on a Monday night. The the concert was Friday night, yeah. right? Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. I mean, it's a goddamn tragedy on all levels where at least eight people are not coming home from a concert, which should be a safe space above and beyond everything else. And like you said, a few days in, we don't know all the facts. Nobody knows all the facts at this point, but it sounds like to me it was just a failure on multiple levels. It was a failure on Travis Scott for not seeing the crowd and trying to stop it. It's a failure on the event organizers for having a capacity that they cannot control. It's a failure on security. It's a failure on the infrastructure for, you know, letting people through where that shouldn't be at this thing. It's a failure on a lot of cases, but at the end of the day, it's just so fucking sad that people go to a show for recreational, for entertainment purposes, and don't come home and some of them are from not from houston too yeah like one of them was a 10 year old kid like it, it it's a shame that you have to in the back of your head think to yourself could it be possible that this kid was on drugs like could it be possible that this kid was just like alone with a bunch of friends and wanted to get close and then just got trampled to death like that's you don't know like those are those are the kind of things that like probably nobody will ever figure out they're gonna try their best to hide yeah. them Nothing. I I doubt anything is going to happen to Travis or Drake. If anything, it would be the venue or the security company. But it's unfortunate. Like those are those families are changed forever. One thing I haven't heard people mention is like the etiquette of people at shows. Like I've been to plenty of different genres of shows, and hardcore being one of them. People, you know, fucking rage and mosh at a (laughs) hardcore show, but. They look out for each other. Like if someone falls, you get grabbed. You make sure no one. You pick them like, up. Yeah, you pick them up. I've seen people lose their shoes, and someone's like, "Whose shoe is this?" And some, I was at a show on Saturday, and several times, people not two times, someone was like having a problem. So like all the people put their lights up, like their camera lights, and the musicians stopped. They're like, "All right, get this guy some water. Like get him some air. Yada yada yada." Like that's the proper way. Like you got to look out for the other people at shows they're there to have a good time just as much as you are you can't be fucking like an ignorant asshole and just have like fuck them like i'm the one that matters no that's not how it goes like you're all in this together you're all there for the same reason to have a good time and listen to the music that's why i don't understand really the concept of moshing i was talking to my friend about this today and we were just saying like i i understand moshing like especially depending on the kind of music you're listening to sometimes you just gotta let it out 
but uh, I can't do it because, like, if I'm just throwing, like, my arms around and shit, I'm just going to look to punch people in the face. Like, if that's what's happening anyway, like, why wouldn't I try and hit you in the face? But he was like, oh, you don't punch people in the mosh pit, you crazy asshole. You just kick people and throw them. It's like, oh, all right. Like, I don't know the rules. So, yeah, there. I guess there is a a culture to this. But, I mean, these are young There's kids, too. Etiquette, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would much rather crowd surf than than mosh pit, and I've done both at big shows. And the last show I went to in D.C., I went to a festival right around St. Patrick's Day, and I was at Less Than Jake, and I crowd. It was like the only time that I've actually crowd surfed where they like actually, like I crowd surfed from like the middle of the crowd all the way up to where the the fence is before the stage, and like security like put me down and then walked me around the fence again. Only time that's ever happened to me in my life, but. Like it was awesome. It was so cool. Like, and I'm, I'm like, you know, you guys know at this point. Like, I'm not like a bigger guy. It's easy to, you know, get me up and pass me around. Also, yeah, I used to crowd surf my living crowd room. Crowd surfing is sick. Not a big deal. Facts, facts. Crowd surfing is awesome. Like, I would crowd recommend everybody awesome. crowd surf at least once in their life. Yeah, you have to. With an asterisk, like you have to be in the 100%. right setting and you have to make sure that you're safe. Like, don't just don't do it because like, there's a good chance you're gonna be dropped and you don't want to end up breaking your neck or like seriously getting hurt has anybody stage dived on this on this podcast no i feel like i have but i can't remember where the stage would be Nah, never i kind of technically did at my at my house because we it that doesn't count it doesn't really count like when i saw a title fight joe this was one of the times i saw them without you i think it was the first time i saw them it was during the hyperview tour Within 15 seconds, this kid jumps up on the stage, does a perfectly executed front flip, and is caught by the crowd. And I was like, what the fuck did I just walk into? That's impressive. <laughs> like, That's very it was impressive. amazing. Like, one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my entire life. They haven't even been on the stage in 15 seconds yet. It's an unreal thing when it's done right and when you're in the right place and when everyone has control of the situation. Because I'm not going to sit here and be like, this stuff, there's no place for this at a, at, a, at, a, at a concert. Because that's wrong too. There's a lot that needs to be fixed about the situation. It sucks. You, you should be able to go and let it out and not have to worry about anybody getting killed. But people can't control themselves and this is why we can't have nice things. All right, guys, I'm bringing back an old segment from previous seasons. I love it. Joe's Dictionary. Uh, (laughs) The way this works, I say a word, and you got to figure out what it means, all right? All right. I figure rather than continue the downward degradation of our shrinking brains, let's, let's learn something, boys. This is just an opportunity for Joe to show you guys how dumb I am. Stupid. I was going to say, let's just like, how do we, how do we do the guesses? Like, are we just going, is Joe just going to call us out and say, guess what it is? Andrew, Tom, Casey. Uh, how about you put your hand up if you have a, All right. a guess? All right. Perfect. Okay. That works. All right. Before I start, did you know that the adult brain starts to shrink after the age of 30? Uh, don't tell me that. I got two months. Uh, not there yet. No. <laughs> Tom, what are you doing for your 30th birthday? I have no idea. I'm taking them out on the town, I'm the, getting meat. I am the, the last person to celebrate themselves. You want to get some meat on your birthday? <laughs> yeah, we should do that. We should do. Let's let's do a brick house trip to Peter Luger's and then go to the Nets game. Could look into that. I'm down. I don't know when we'd actually be able to pull that off. I don't know. Andrew Streeton. Fuck that. I'm poor. All right. First word. All right. That, it's hard to pronounce. All right. It's. Uh... Are you, wait. Are you introing this segment? We already did. <laughs>
I just oh, that did. was it. Cool. <laughs> First word. Angacock. Oh, no way. Yes way. This is one word? This is one word. Angacock. Is it a verb or is it a noun? Can you use it in a sentence? Yeah. All right. Angacock is a noun. It is first recorded in English in the late six, uh, 1760s. I can use it in a sentence. It was the duty of the Inuit Angacock to visit Sedna through soul travel to determine what wrong had been done. Uh, what's the definition? The, the Angacock would <laughs> have to placate Sedna by combing and braiding her disheveled hair or by overpowering her... Andrew's hand is up. Andrew's hand is up. Let's have a guess, please. To force her to release animals for the hunt. Andrew, go ahead. Well, initially, I was going to say, is it like a judge? But I, I think it's more similar to like, is it like a trapper or like... A, a judge is not a bad guess, yeah. Someone in charge of animals? Release like animals a, like a, You're for the better hunt? with judge. You're better with judge. I mean, it's... Okay, so judge... I'll accept judge because you're not going to get shaman. It's a shaman <laughs> of the... <laughs> Inuit society. All right, so I'll give you half a point. All right, next hang one. On, hang Bell on, hang weather. on, hang on. Before we go any further here, yes. did you know these words ahead of time? Did you look these up and then just make us look dumb with them? Uh, Tom. <laughs> he has a lot of time on his hands to make us look dumb, Tom. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway. What, what kind of person do you think I am? Second word, please. Man, I got a 1660 on the SAT. And you went to oh, Scranton? Is that good or bad? Out of, out of 2,400? That's good yeah, if that's, it's out of 1,600. <laughs> There's no way you got a 1660 and went to Scranton. That's like too no, no, smart no. for Scranton. I don't Scranton. even remember what I got. <laughs> no, no. 16 out of 2400. That's two thirds. That's like 66%. I looked them up on dictionary.com, okay? That's where I got it. Joe's dictionary. Bellwether is the next word. Bellwether? Bellwether, yes. Bill Withers? Not Bill Withers, Bellwether. Would you like it in a sentence or yeah, a. Yeah, sentence, please. Okay. Bellwether. In American politics, a bellwether state has exhibited a historical tendency to duplicate in smaller scale the political behavior of the nation at large. The best-known bellwether is Missouri, which not only demonstrates classic bellwether behavior, but also has a history that invites and supports various theories to explain the effect. Okay, so you already read us the definition. Yeah, it feels like that's the definition. No, that's a sentence. Feels like a fair weather fan. That sounded like a sentence that describes the definition of the word. <laughs> My guess is racist. Yikes. Like it's a fancy way to say racism. No, no. It sounds like a fair weather fan. It's just like whoever's like whoever's the favorite, however it goes, that's how we wanted it to go. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what the word for that would be. I guess it would be bellwether. It's a, so a person or a thing that shows the existence or direction of a trend. So, yeah. So, a trendsetter. Basically, yeah. But it's a nice way to say trendsetter. All right. So, 1660 out of 2,400 points for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Last one. It's not that good. Marignon. Beef beef Marignon? No, no, no. No, no, no. That's boring. I can spell it for you. The word? Are you talking about the Italian word? No, no, no. No, no, no. Beef word. Marignon? Marignon. Sorry. Marijuana? Maranguan. M A R I N G O U I N. Maranguan. Can you use it in a sentence, please? I sure can. I hate when these motherfucking Maranguans <laughs> bite me in the middle of the night. Is it like a mosquito? Bed bug? It is, yes, it is an especially large swamp mosquito. Wow. Go, Andrew. I'm allergic to mosquito right, Andrew bites. With, uh, 
That only had so, words. Casey, your sentence would be, I'm allergic to this filet mignon. I think that would be... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Marin Guam. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> All right, and that concludes today's uh, episode of Joe's Dictionary. Thank you, Joe. This was amazing. That was great. I've never felt dumber in my life. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. You know who should read Joe's Dictionary? Kanye West. Uh, the artist formerly known as Kanye West? That's fair. He is. Well, the, I think he's the person formerly known as Kanye West at this point. Is he Ye West or he's is he just Ye? an artist. No, he likes being called an artist. No, but uh, he changed his name, but did he change it to, to like... Yay West, or is he just yay? I think it's pronounced ye. <laughs> Don't but be I'm making fun sure. of me. I said that two weeks ago. I'm just dumb. <laughs> yee yee. Yeah, he went on uh, Drink Champs, the podcast that's not as good as ours, talking all kinds of shit. <laughs> no free um, ads. No free ads. Yeah, I mean, they, they call themselves the Drink Champs. Who's got the claw, really? Who's got the claw? Classic Kanye loses his shit. Calls Just Blaze a copycat. Shits on John Legend and uh, Talib Kweli. Says the worst thing he did ever was sign Big Sean. Praises Soldier Boy, but then basically said his verse was trash and that he had to cut it from his album because the verse sucked. You- Knows he would beat Drake in a versus battle, but refuses to go against Jay-Z because that's his quote-unquote boss. And uh, he would like Black History Month to be replaced by Black Future Month. I also, just as a as a last aside, I think he's in extreme denial about Pete Davidson railing out his wife <laughs> <laughs> while still being his wife because there was a part where he, the king of Staten Island. he referenced her and was like, she's still my wife. Ain't no paperwork. So I think he's feeling I it. forgot this on my top of the queue because it's not on my Spotify most recent listens to, but it's in my Apple ones. I have that the leak from the album with Andre 3000. Life of the Party? Life of the Party. Guys, let me fucking tell you. It's mainly the Andre 3000 part, but it's so fucking good. It's so good. It's like I'm so excited to go to... I'm going to Atlanta next week, and I'm going to listen to so much fucking Andre 3000 and and Outkast while I'm in Atlanta. I'm so excited for it. But I didn't know Soldier Boy was supposed to be on Donda. That's... Today I learned. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Did he just get arrested? Who got arrested? Soldier like Boy? The, no, who got arrested by the FBI recently? Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. My son. Oh, right. Yeah. The Fetty Wap part of him. Shit, he's going to jail the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah, Fetty Wap was dealing some hard drugs. I don't know yeah. how much a thousand kilograms of uh, heroin is, but it sounds like a lot if you're going to jail the rest of your life. Anytime you're using kilograms yeah, to yeah. describe drugs, you know it's serious. A lot. Movies yeah, heroin and fentanyl. Uh, methamphetamine, I think he was just... I think he had some Molly, too. Everything he could fit behind his fake eye. (laughs) Did not know he had a fake eye till right now. Actually, you know, I don't know if it's fake. (laughs) That might be his real (laughs) eye. (laughs) He punched the Jersey City ShopRite cashier as well. After he was famous? Before he was famous. Because I was saying, what is he doing in his ShopRite? I used to go to that ShopRite. It was not great. But not like assault worthy either. It's just not good. Did they have? <laughs> did they have good specials? Uh, half the stuff was like expired in the parking lot. It shared with the Bed Bath and Beyond, and it was just like a nightmare. Really frustrating. I thought you were gonna say mattress firm, and I was about to say that people forget that all mattress firms are drug fronts. What? Cool. Yeah. Look it up. Not all I gotta, mattress. I gotta firms, go to but, mattress firm. Uh, <laughs> no, but 
how often do you see people coming in and out of like like a place that buys mattresses and like they'll be bunched up there'll be like six or seven of them together you know places that sell um washing machines and dryers are also laundry funds so pc richards <laughs> what do you think the pc stands for personal computer pcp but the p is silent I used to think CK's Pizza in Scranton stood for Crack King's Pizza. Because I could swear <laughs> it, us back there. it was owned by a drug cartel of sorts. I know that the guys making the pizza were on heroin. That's good. You got to be on heroin to make a General Chow's Chicken Pizza. Allegedly. Does that establishment still exist? Hopefully not. I don't not. fucking care. I don't know. The General set that pizza was good. I found out afterwards. No, it was terrible. I found out after the fact that, you know, that that bowl that they would use to like mix the sauce with the chicken no they wouldn't clean the bowl and they would reuse the same sauce over yeah, it's and called over and flavor over that is not how guy fieri just defines flavor tom i hate I guy would like fieri. to see uh who's love whoa 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 controversial whoa yeah whoa sorry guys i don't know if you can be on this podcast you hate flavor town we how what do you hate right. fun too just in in as little words as I could put it, I appreciate everything he does for the community. He's a vet. He's been there. He's done that, and he's gone. Is he a veteran? Uh, excellent. No, I'm saying just like in the in this food game, you know. Oh. Oh, okay. But um, I thought he was a veterinarian, and then he on the side. No, <laughs> served our country. I'm not sure if it's the frosted tips with flavor. I'm not sure if it's the insistence of the way that he pronounces his name, but there are few people in this world that light a fire under my ass the way Guy Fieri does. And I'm saying Fieri because I don't give a fuck how he wants me to pronounce that shit. I'm Italian too. You think I don't understand how to roll the other Fieri? Fieri? Suck my balls, Mr. Fieri. I can't believe you. That's unfortunate because Guy Fieri is on my like Mount Rushmore of guests that we could get on this podcast. Well, and we would just talk about diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> Casey, I think you should nickname your balls Flavor Town. Flavor Town. Uh, Casey hates Guy Fieri and his incredible haircut. I hate I hate Kanye West's new haircut. I think it's the worst thing ever. We're haters. We sip haterade on this podcast. <laughs> Let's go out to our sponsor. <laughs> This episode of the Brickhouse Podcast is sponsored by the Brickhouse Barbershop, where you can get a good cut and listen to deep cuts. Oh, hey, what can I do for you today? Hey, uh, could you take a bit off the top today, please? Looking for your father's hairstyle? Well, our buzzers are from the 1970s. Clean once every zodiac cycle. Hey, looks great! I. That'll cost you 25 bricks. Now serving Bush Light while you wait. Bush after bush after bush. 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 Brickhouse Barbershop. We trim above and below the neck. Darling, don't you go and cut your hair. Don't drop the soap. Welcome back to the Brickhouse Podcast. Hit us up on that hotline, 917-740-6429. Leave us a message. Tell us your thoughts. What are you listening to? You got thoughts on Guy Fieri? Give us a ring. Fucking guy. I do want you guys to call the number again. Tom, give him the number one more time. I just closed out of it. <laughs> 917-740-6429. I want you guys to call in the hotline and tell us your favorite songs 
of or about or regarding New York. It could be about New York City. It could be about a place in New York, i.e. Brooklyn or Queens or Bronx or Staten. It could be about, let's say, a park, Central Park, Washington Square Park, Battery Park, Madison Square Park, etc., etc. It could be about a street, 139th Street. It could be about 110th Street. It could be any place in New York. Except 109th Street. <laughs> I don't know if there's any songs about 109th Street. Honestly, I'll, I'll Venmo anyone $5 that finds a song about 109th Street in New York. <laughs> Today's top five is our top five favorite songs about New York. Who wants to go first? Andrew, take, take it away. All right. Um, it's funny you guys were speaking about 109th Street because I have to put across 110th Street by Bobby Womack at number five. Incredible. I actually haven't seen the movie, but awesome song. I think it's also in American Gangster with uh, with um, it's not in American it Gangster. Be. It's in Jackie Brown. It might be in. The- oh yeah, it is in Jackie Brown. Amazing movie. Also, uh, didn't I blow your mind? Sometimes from that movie, fucking amazing, great. So that's at number five. Uh, Joe, stop giving lewd gestures to the video. Lauren has to watch this later. Number four, and this one's gonna. Okay, no, that's actually okay. number four. I love this group. I love them so much. But off of their first record, this is probably my least favorite of all of their singles. But it's No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. Had to be on there. Now, coming in at number three, I've only listened to this a few times. I listened to it a bunch yesterday on my, dr- on my ride home from work. And I have decided that I am going to make a conscious effort to try to get into these guys more. Because every single time that I hear a song from them, I'm like, oh, this is kind of fucking cool. I like this. And I know that they're playing in New York in the near future. And it's New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down by LCD Sound System. Amazing song. Walked into my house last night at 3 in the morning after a very long shift of work. Six days straight for me at the Salt Mines. Put out a bunch of podcasts on the side. You guys don't care, but I'm working... So, uh, New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Coming in at number two, one of my favorite songs by this artist. Not born, born and raised, not too far away from here. Brooklyn by Most Deaf. Hey, awesome, awesome song about Brooklyn. He like switches the beat up three times in this song, much like we were talking about Travis Scott earlier. I think he also or he also uses the instrumental for Who Shot You by Biggie and does his own verse over it. It's an incredible track. It's really long. It's a very long hip-hop song, but it's amazing. And number one, there's one and only song I could have chosen when talking about New York, and it's coming to you from Queensbridge, NY State of Mind, by Nas. Every single time that I get home, and I'm home for a couple days back in D.C., and I get sick of this shit, and I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. That is the first song that I put on when I get on the train back to New York. That is my top five. I have a bunch of songs that I wanted to include, but we're not worthy of being including in this list. So I will name them later. Name, Who would like to name them later? I'll go next because I also have a lengthy honorable mention section for this one. Number five, Mr. Outkicked His Coverage, Billy Joel, New York State of Mind. You know, classic song here. Classic. And he definitely outkicked his coverage. How did that guy get a supermodel? I don't know. But. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's also like sold out the garden more times than anybody besides the sports yep. teams. So probably more. Yeah. Number four, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. You want an Irish Christmas song about New York and getting thrown in the drunk tank? This is it. <laughs> Number three, Simon and Garfunkel's The Only Living Boy in New York. Number two, 
It was said before, LCD Sound System, New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. December 9th, I'll be there. Brooklyn Steel, they're going to play it. How did you dumb, get a ticket? Dumb luck. Um, and hey. number one, the man from Hoboken, New Jersey himself. Mm. My first top five without a Springsteen, but I'll be damned if I don't include a Jersey boy, Frank Sinatra, the theme from New York, New York. Well played. That's a very strong top five. It's a strong top five. Casey, you're batting third. Oh, man. All right, number five. I'm not a big U2 guy, but I had to do it. City of Blinding Lights, a U2. It's about New York City after 9-11 attacks. Number four, New York Times by J. Cole of Born Sinner. I like that one featuring 50 Cent. Number three, kind of had to just throw it in there. Hey there, Delilah by the Plain White Tees. Feel like it's, oh, it's, it's kind of just gotta get it's due. What's it like in New York City? In New York City, just, wow! Just Very one good. of those wow. songs, man. That that shit'll live forever. So I had I'm to throw impressed. it in. Number two, I'm a little upset at you guys for not mentioning it, but New York by Fat Joe, classic. It's uh, hundred guns, hundred clips. That was the first song that I thought of when this was brought up as a topic, and um. Couldn't ignore it, but much like Tom, number one theme from New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. That, Couldn't that, leave it out. That, that, that. that was my number six. If we're making, if if I had to, it was the last one out. You know what I mean? And I have to admit, I would have put Empire State of Mind on this list had it not been for last week. I was in the city and I heard maybe fifteen different. What are those biker fucking caddy people where they ride around and they carry the people? Every single one had a boombox on it playing that song. I was like, wow, this is where we're at with That's this. That's why song. I didn't make Only my list. Nine dollars a minute. That's why nine dollars a minute. You want to ride around? <laughs> park? Nine dollars a minute. That's why I didn't make my list. It's one of the most overplayed rap songs in the history of rap music is Empire State of Mind, which is unfortunate because it is a great song. It's, it's a great a fantastic song. song. It's a great song. But goddamn. All right, all right, hold on. Before Joe goes, how many times do we think he broke the rules? How, does he actually have five this week? He'll have nine songs <sighs> at number five, and then <laughs> one at four, three at two, you know. No, I was I was a good boy this week. I'm going to oh. guess Joe has uh, 30 songs. Just five songs. <laughs> yeah, but I, do, I did make a playlist of 45 songs regarding New York, which I will post when we drop the episode. Cool. Anyway, I'll start at number five. Also, to preface this, Casey, I was expecting you to say, when you said U2, I thought you would say Angel in Harlem, but City of Blinding Lights also just as good. Number five, East Harlem by Beirut. Classic indie track from about 10, 12 years ago. Number four, going back to the golden age of music, 1950s, early 1960s, Coney Island Baby by The Excellence, later covered by Lou Reed. Yes. Great song. Number three, there is nothing equivalent to the New York state of mind. Nas, NY state of mind. Number two, thrown all the way back to Billie Holiday, Autumn in New York. Mm. And number one, my favorite song gets me choked up, especially whenever the song comes on in Garden State, Only Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel, the boys from Forest Hills, Queens. This was such a difficult top five i think without a doubt the hardest top five we've done this season yeah for sure like i said new york new york not putting that on my list was very difficult 
I used to walk. I knew before I ended up moving to New York that I was potentially moving to New York. And that quickly moved into my, I listened to this every day on my way to work before I moved to the city. And it's so fucking good. I love playing that on the radio. I got a couple that uh, didn't make my list. Brooklyn We Go Hard by Jay-Z. That didn't make it, but that's a really good one. Rockaway Beach by The Ramones. Welcome to New York City by Cameron featuring Jay-Z. Brooklyn Zoo by Old ODB. One Train by ASAP Rocky featuring Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I Joey Badass is on there. Action Bronson's on there, and I think Yellow Wolf. Brooklyn Bound by the Black Keys. Early Black Keys. Could not recommend that song more if you fuck with the Black Keys. Like, before they sold out Black Keys. Canal Street, also by ASAP Rocky. New York NYC Observation by Parquet Courts. Brooklyn's Own by Joey Badass. And uh, that song on Broadway. Those were all on my list before I trimmed it down to five. But uh, You mind if I quickly run down my honorable mentions here as well? Please. Um, no sleep till Brooklyn. Some of these were said. Autumn in New York. Joe, you had that one. Uh, New York City Cops, The Strokes. New York, St. Vincent. Coney Island, Taylor Swift and the National. East Harlem by Beirut. Also on Joe's list, The Boxer, Simon and Garfunkel. He's in New York. Rockaway Beach. Also on your honorable mentions here, Andrew. And the last one, Two Dead Cops, Parquet Courts. Kind of a downer. Good track. Very nice. Very nice, boys. Casey, you're batting third. For honorable mentions? See, like, we're doing a top five. I didn't know we were doing a top, a separate top five. Hold on, I got a couple. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, what was was on your list of, fuck, I really wish I could put this in there, but it it just isn't there. (laughs) Joey Badass, Brooklyn's always on there. New York City Rage Fest by Kid Cudi off Indicud. There's no words to that song, but that, that fucking beat is very lit. That's really all I had. I mean, I didn't have enough time, to be honest, to go into the deep depths that I would have liked to for this. But I'm happy with the choices that I made, and I'm sticking to them. And if you got beef, come see me. But you got to call the phone number first. All right, you ready for my honorable mentions? List of like 45 songs. Yeah, hit me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. No. Steely Dan, Daddy Don't Live in That New York City No More. Boogie Down Productions with KRS-One. South Bronx, we got Midnight at Harlem by Tedeschi Trucks, East River Drive by Grover Washington, Brooklyn Zoo by ODB, and I also had uh, New York City Cops by uh, The Strokes. I did think today that that, um, I feel like Christmas and Hollis should get a mention, even though it's a Christmas song, it's the only one that New York has specifically. Mom's Cooking Chicken and Collard Greens, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to the Kings, Run DMC. When I was looking up songs for this one, like one came up that I couldn't really put on my list, but I'll be waiting for the man is very much about New York. And I could say you could probably also make the case for a walk on the wild side. Isn't that about moving to New York as well? Yeah. So um, both. <laughs> that makes sense. Both. Uh, one of them is about waiting for his heroin dealer. Yes. Yes. Very New York. This was a lot of fun. One of our best top fives recently. It was fun. You say so. Yes, it was. It's kind of went off fun. the rails a little bit. But I'm glad you guys are having fun because I We're am having as well. fun. I told Andrew, as long as I'm having fun, I'm gonna keep doing the Brick House podcast. And we hope that you have fun listening to the Brick House podcast. Thank you all for listening. Catch us next episode when it's a family affair and Casey's father and sister help out. Casey's as, no, definitely not. Sorry, Casey's. <laughs> when Andrew's father and sister help out as Alex Trebek and Vanna White in episode five, Jeopardy, volume two. Electric Boogaloo. My goal is to not finish in the negative this time.
Yeah, can we have your, can we have someone actually keep what? score instead of everyone? Oh, my dad's expecting. gonna do that. My dad has an MBA. But how are those hot dogs? Everyone, ex- my dad has an MBA. He can do. We the have math. to do our own math. Nobody remembered anything. Your dad's in the NBA. Yes. Cool. Yes. That's pretty sick. Man. Yeah. Is your dad Patrick Ewing? Get him on the Knicks. Oh, uh, before we go, two seconds or less. How do we feel about the Knicks this week? Hot. Oh. They play tonight. Yeah, they're playing right now. Actually, they're much worse than the first week. But- and beat was out. Oh, the Knicks won. Four, they beat the, the Sixers. Yeah, not four, Knicks are 7-4 now. Randall scored 31 tonight. Hell yeah. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>